Hello and welcome to the Mayo GA Talk Shop. I'm Quivine Rowland and this is a brand new podcast coming from CRCFM's Saturday Sports Show. Coming up on today's show, I'll be talking to Merton Kearney, the former Donegal and Mayo GA Inter-County star and RTE pundit. He was on to speak about what players he believes may emerge as crucial players for James Horne's men throughout the coming weeks ahead. I'll also be talking to Keen O'Connell, a Galway man and GA journalist who spoke to me about the kind of players we can expect Pork Joyce to play as well as the style expected from the Killearn man. But first, here's Martin Kearney. I started by asking Martin what he thought of the Mayo GA Challenge match that happened last weekend in Markovic Park against Donegal. Fully entitled to do it, they're on level two in that. And Donegal equally, I think, for elite county football, they were allowed also to play a challenge match. Now, whether the travel issue was something that they maybe had to address, I'm not, I'm not sure, I can't answer that. But at any rate, the game went ahead in in, um, in uh, Markovic Park, again, with the blessing of Crook Park. So, I mean, there was nothing wrong with it as far as I'm concerned maybe the optics to a lot of people might kind of be a little bit difficult like what are Donegal travelling outside the county for given they're on level 3 but um, personally I didn't see any great uh, issue with it they had a game the following day also against Clare. Now, I gather maybe a lot of those lads were used in that game. Uh, I'm not sure where it was, done in Ennis or whatever. But like the team that lined out against Mayo, or against Donegal rather, you know, you had the tried and trusted like Robert Henley, uh, Lee Keegan, uh, Chris Barrett, yeah, Colin Boyle and Kevin McLaughlin playing in the half-back line. Tom Parsons was midfield. And then up front you had Aitne O'Shea. Um, you had Killian O'Connor and you had um, Dermot O'Connor so they, uh, you know okay Matty Ruans also he, he partnered Tom Parsons at midfield so you had a very familiar look to it in many ways then you had you know the likes of I think Owen McLaughlin coming into the half back line I think he played at left half back and um, I was very pleased to see uh, Mark Morn and Phil McDonough starting in the half forward line so these guys are obviously knocking on the door looking to kind of get their, their places on the team and, you know, when you look at the last game that Mayo played, actually, it was on something, I think it was on February the 29th um, in the National League. In that game, I think, um, you know, Oshin Mullen played in that, Keith Higgins played in that, Stephen Cohn, Patrick Durkin, like there was, you know, a, a lot of those guys weren't there the last day. So James Horn clearly is looking to keep the tried and trusted in place and then to knit in a lot of new blood into it. So I would expect, like, when we opened the, the National League in... Is it Sunday week or, or next week? Actually, um, we would see a kind of a, a, a balance tilted in favour of the experience, but with two or three new lads coming through. Um, the game against uh, Galway. Well, it, it is a major. Uh, it's of major importance to Mayo. Like the game itself, as it stands. Like if you look at the National League table as it stands, Galway are, are uh, on top of it. Galway are leading the way with eight points from their five games. Mayo then are in second last place on three points. Um, I think neither the neither uh, uh, the the team without a win or without any points they, they're the bottom of the table. So it's a very very important game for Mayo, um, insofar as that they have to win it to stay Queeving, to stay in the in the top flight of the National League. In other words, to get a guarantee of playing the best teams in the National League um, again next year. Mayo have got to win this game against Galway and then more than likely go out and win the last game against Jerome. But this game against Galway is cr- of critical importance, I think, to Mayo at the moment.
but hoped actually there would have been one or two um, not more players drafted in and probably there are again I haven't seen the line out against Clare last weekend I'd imagine some of them are using that oddly enough the only kind of shall we say headline we got about Knockmore in relation to its players was the fact that one of their lads um, Peter Nocton I think has looked to declare for um, I think Sligo I think Paul Taylor has approached him and I think he's keen to play with Sligo now you know don't ask me why he is spurning an opportunity to play with Mayo because to me he was their key forward in many respects this year in the championship not alone from the point of view of scoring but also in the way he kind of very very good user of the ball and I would love to have seen him coming in but I'd imagine there will be a few of them in there to shall we say get a little bit of ballast to the likes of Kevin McLaughlin who is you know one of those kind of tried and trusted guys who just goes on keeps going and you know wing forward maybe most of the time up to now interesting last week centre half back I wonder is that where James has in mind for the guy to play into the future that could be a, maybe James was watching him play for for Knockmore seeing the way he was given a free role and able to go around the pitch and attack from deep as well you know I, I just remember from the semi-final against Ballina picking up the ball and he managed to just dance his way through oh, just yeah. like he does and put the ball just very coolly over the bar considering that Knockmore have had this I suppose un, unrivaled success uh, certainly in the last few of the last few years is it going to come to a point when you mentioned the likes of Peter Nyokton has decided to declare for Sligo? I believe from what I've read in reports that he has actually been training with them for the right. past week or so. So that does seem to be quite nailed on. He was as well part of Mayo selections in, in the past. Never really seemed to have, have gotten a look in and has family connections in Castle Connor as well. Is that going to have a potential to become a narrative for James Horne, for the Mayo team? Why are you not picking these Knockmore players? Why are you not playing I, I, in that I style? I, I, I don't think so. James Horne is an except, extremely experienced manager. Knows very, very clearly who's ready to come in and play county football immediately or who might need a little bit of an apprenticeship, who need, might need to be gradually eased into it. He has to look at so many factors. He's got to look at the you know the, the strength and conditioning of these guys because nowadays if you're not kind of shall we say physically uh, able to withstand the, f- the physicality of the of, of the game you've no business in there the second thing he has got to see what their temperament was like, uh, 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 their temperaments are like and whether they're good uh, you know when they kind of shall we say the games are they're you know late in the game in particular to be decided and he's also to look at the skill range that they have there's a lot of different little variables in the mix that he has to look at and I think he's right just to be patient with them take it easy uh, you know gently uh, um, allow them to integrate into the team but not rush them in. There's nothing more discouraging um, to a young lad than to be pushed into a team and all of a sudden find that he's been submerged in the kind of the you know in the excitement of it and in the demands of it and all of a sudden gets very discouraged maybe he's left aside and maybe loses confidence as a consequence forward line that played the last day I think the last National League game was against Kerry and in the forward line that day you had James Durkin who played with Mitchells and actually played well with Mitchells I thought this summer. You had also in the forward line I think um, 
was it Ryan O'Donoghue? I think he played wing forward in that game. He scored a point in that game from Belmullet. To me, he's a player with a lot of potential and maybe, you know, with, um, again, just being, if he has the patience just to stay in it and realise that he has to be just integrated slowly into the team and not rush things, I think he's a player that could actually offer something. And the third guy that played the last day, he was full forward uh, against Kerry, was Darren Cohn. Again, maybe he didn't kind of come up to his, um, maybe the standards he would have liked in the uh, for Holly Montnock more this year but at the same time he was full forward the last day and um, Tommy Conroy came in against Kerry as his, he got a point when he came in there or he came in in that game and you know all of those ga- to a lot of listeners a lot of these names are new names there are guys that you know people haven't seen before heard of before Conroy in particular was very very good with Neil great potential in that guy a very good underage career and you would be hoping that his kind of a player of his calibre would be able to kind of knit into the senior setup and become an established member of the team over the next couple of years and he's the one guy actually of those guys maybe along with Fionn McDonough that I would believe are ready to play football now at senior level and one more guy actually Cuevin that again I thought he was outstanding for Brafie this year a way better for Brafie now when he wasn't on the county panel than he would have been before and that was Conor O'Shea I thought he was their man of the season in many ways from game to game I thought he was consistently good uh, you know whether in the forward line or around middle of the field and I say he's a guy that maybe will see a door open for him this uh, or uh, over the next number of weeks as well and just his all round energy I thought was a, a constant feature of the Bravey team this summer and again he's somebody maybe you know who has earned the right to get in there and maybe stake a claim again for a place in the county team What are your thoughts Merton on Kieran? Donald joining James Horne's backroom team. Fraction of the instinctive ability that he had to the players that he's coaching. Then again, it's a positive thing. I know from speaking to some of the players that they were very, very happy with his presence there last year. I know, again, James Horne is very, you know, as you said, uh, Cuevin, uh, James was... Uh, again pictured again and again with Kieran going around the club games all summer so Kieran clearly has an appetite to get stuck into the coaching aspect of things and even though he's a difficult work, a work schedule works out of the county and that he's still prompt uh, you know he's promptly arrives at training every night and embraces the challenge that faces him and again the players have really kind of appreciated his presence it must be quite remarkable to see him there. His commitment to Mayo GA down through the years has, is, is unparalleled almost. Just in terms of the game against Galway next week and I suppose the, the rest of the championship as it goes ahead, currently Mayo will be playing against Leitrim on the 1st of November in, uh, in Carrick and Shannon. What players do you believe, you've mentioned Tommy Conroy, you've mentioned Conor O'Shea, but what players do you believe will have a breakthrough year that James Horne will really look to rely upon and encouraged to be a major success in the coming weeks ahead. Just short season, Cuevy. You know, I'd say James Horne is assessing things and he'll kind of see, for example, that the likes of Chris Barrett has made himself available again. Lee Keegan's has made himself available again. The O'Connor brothers are there again. You're going to see, I think, for the most part, the tried and trusted. Uh, you know, a few guys uh, brought in, maybe, um, you, you know, game uh, you know, game on game. But it'll be mostly those experienced guys that have taken us through the noughties into the, into the present decade in that they will still be part of the team because let's look at it 
you know, the the season is essentially a four week season. If the if 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 for example we lost out to Common, that's the end. It's the it's the end of the line. This is going to be one of the things that the players will find kind of hard to get their heads around. Maybe they've been brought up in a generation where they have had a second opportunity in the event of the getting beaten in the championship. That's no longer there. It's Russian roulette. It's one shot. You kind of you you hit the mark or you don't. And if you don't hit the mark in the championship, is good night, sweet home, and kind of yeah, roll on Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I won't bring in the Alabama. <laughs> but that, that's what you know. People are saying it is a, a Christmas championship, green and red berries and on the holly tree. <laughs> it's going to be uh, quite a poetic one if it does come off. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we better not go on. <laughs> Watch well, the poetry. We better leave it there, so Martin. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show and I hope you enjoy the coming championship ahead if it does indeed continue well I think what you said there if it does indeed continue like as I said we are here on a Thursday evening God knows what will happen over the next 10 days yeah. but I think just to conclude I think the government are mad keen yeah. to see elite sport go through no matter what yeah. and I think we will see championship I would wouldn't hold my breath on the National League yet. I have a feeling that they might kind of suggest that we give that a miss. Yeah, I think considering as well that we're able to see international football happen all across during a pandemic, I think perhaps maybe we can get the Intercounty Championship over the line. And from a Mayo perspective, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if the National League was called off. <laughs> well, look, at the same time, if you think of it, Quavin, if the National League was called off, they would still be playing football those two Sundays. They would yeah. still be organising ch- challenges. Don't you <laughs> don't have any kind of doubts about that? So I'd say when they assess it all and kind of toss it over and back, they'll say, right, we will go with the National League because if we cancel it, they'll still be playing football. Yeah, and that's something that we can all look forward to. We've had a long time without the intercounty action. Martin Kearney, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure, Quivin. Some of the team news coming out of Galway has been quite harrowing, to say the least. Uh, Moy Cullen have had their own COVID outbreak and a cluster emerged there within the Galway squad. But apart from that, what sort of team news should we be expecting from Porrick's Joyce tribesmen on Sunday? Well, interesting, Quivin, Porrick's Joyce followed the same policy that he adopted in the early rounds of the Alliance Football League where he announced his team quite early on a Tuesday evening ahead of the weekend's action. I suppose it, people in Galway are very enthused about that fact because it's, the team's announced early and there's plenty of debate and deliberation surrounding that and the team for Sunday's game at Tume Stadium is a quite an interesting one from a Galway perspective. Obviously, you've some big names such as Shane Walsh who is uh, currently nursing an injury. He's not involved and other prominent players like John Daly, obviously a long-term casualty, he isn't involved and he went quite well in the, in the early rounds of the National Football League. But nonetheless, Port Joyce throughout the Allianz Football League in the first five games gave a lot of emerging young players uh, an opportunity to shine. And you have uh, players like Conor Campbell, he's uh, in a cornerback on Sunday. He, he, he'll get his first start as will Jason Leonard, uh, wing forward Jason Leonard, very, very skillful and uh, accurate forward for Curacin during their uh, brilliant run over the last uh, five, six, seven years. So Jason Leonard is now on the inter-county stage at Galway, so there's a lot of interest in Galway to see how, how he will cope at, at, at inter-county level. So Galway quite clearly have many names missing. I suppose that's a, a major change from their early excellent start in Division 1. Two wins in the final two games will see them claim the crown. How confident are you as a Galway supporter 
working within uh, the county for the GA, how do you expect them to fare with this much expectation placed upon quite a young team? That should be interesting. Uh, obviously, without having had any inter-county action since March, the seven months in activity, it's very hard to determine how the, the upcoming games will go and Galway Mayo, as we all know, anytime Galway play Mayo, it takes on a life of its own and there's huge recent rivalry between these teams as there, there always is and uh, obviously Mayo will, will will require a couple of positive results from their remaining two fixtures against Galway and against against Tyrone. So it's very hard to say but there is a, 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 a growing sense of optimism and excitement nearly around the around the Galway footballers again again this year. But however, that has to be put into consideration when you compare Mayo's record compared to Galway on a national level in the past four or five years, even when Galway beat Mayo in the kind of championship under Kevin Walsh in 2016 and 17. Ultimately, those years ended with Mayo going a lot further uh, nationally. So even though Galway had the upper hand in those kind of championship games, Mayo still were a more stable and arguably progressive outfit at that time where they were really in the in the reckoning for All-Ireland honours. This year, there, there is definitely uh, a belief that Galway are affording emerging players opportunities to shine and Park Joyce really has delved into his panel. Sunday is, is no different as the as we mentioned, Connor Campbell, Jason Leonard, John Maher, Salted McMacarrick Club, and he is down to start at centre field alongside Keegan Darcy. So these these are all new players at inter county level. So it's it's quite hard to say at this juncture and especially twenty twenty of all years it's been a deeply uncertain time. So there's no real form lines going into into Sunday's game, but there definitely is a I hope that Galway can can finish the league strongly because, as you said, two wins would earn them the Division 1 title. However, I don't think that is a a, a hugely pressing concern. Obviously, Park Joyce will will want to win the games, but I think that the fact that he's he's extending the depth of his panel is also critical ahead of the, the remainder of the year and the coming years. Looking at the Galway team, there's one name that jumps out to Mayo fans, and that is the one of Robert Finnerty, the son of Moigauna man, and now a, a fully committed Galway man in Anthony or Larry Finnerty. What kind of player are we expected to see on Sunday make his league debut? Yeah, Robert Finnerty is a classy footballer, and he has been a really, a really prominent player in the club scene in Galway for the past three or four years. And uh, he went well in the league this year. He, he made a couple of championship appearances as a substitute last year. But he, he, play, he played very well in some of the early rounds of the Allianz Football League. And subsequently, his club form with Tall Tillnock McCarra, even though his club exited the county championship in quite team fashion, losing to Kerr Finn in the county quarterfinal, Robert Finnerty in that game. He, him and uh, Galway under-20 player Tom O'Callaghan, they were the two Salt Hill and McCarra players that really carried the fight in, in that particular match. Even though they were fighting a losing battle. But Robert Finnerty was very prominent in the in the club championship for, for Salt Hill and McCarra. He impressed against St. Michael's particularly and uh, was also effective when Salt Hill advanced to the knockout stages following their last group game against Onsbidgel again. Robert Finnerty and Tom O'Callaghan, who was another exciting prospect in the Salt Hill Knock McCarra Club. They they showed their, their potential and their ability. But Robert Finnerty is a really skillful footballer and he's a good finisher and he's so he has so much to offer going forward for Galway. He he was speaking at a press briefing earlier in the week and 
was put to him about who Anthony would be uh, cheering for on, on Sunday while Robert laughed at while he's playing for Galway I think Anthony you will have to have the maroon and white on but Anthony Finnerty he also managed Sergeant Lachnacarra for the past couple of years and he's had an integral part in in Robert's development as a footballer through the age groups and into senior level with Sergeant Lachnacarra so Robert Finnerty definitely would be would be viewed as an exciting player in, in Galway Connor Gleeson, who's named to starting goal, he played for Galway United for a brief spell as well. What can we expect of him? And is he a newcomer to the GA setup? Yeah, Connor Connor Gleeson, he he played in Galway Galway United's promotion winning campaign all right in two thousand and fourteen, if memory serves me right. Uh, but he he had he had, a, had another stint or two with with Galway United, but he's concentrated on. Uh, Gaelic football in in recent years have done more McHale's club man and a very capable outfield uh, player as well in, in in his day for both St Charles uh, College and for for Dunmore McHale's his club but in, in the early rounds of the Anions Football League Conor Gleeson he impressed uh, very strong goalkeeper physically commanding and also possesses a booming kick out so Conor Gleeson he's been one of the finds uh, of the of the Anions Football League. For, for Galway and it, it's good to see him showing his, his his ability on the inter-county stage. Yeah, it's been a position that Galway, I believe, has struggled with in the past. Yeah, perhaps or maybe uh, st- stability-wise for a, a, a number of years there's, it, there's been a lot of a lot of changes. However, Werner Power with Kerfin, he wasn't uh, he wasn't available at the outset of the year due to Kerfin's training, etc. But Bernard Power is a, is, a, is another very capable uh, goalkeeper. So, Park Joyce has, has has options with Conor Gleeson and uh, and Bernard Power as well, the the Kirkland custodian. What kind of style of football should we be expecting from the likes of Park Joyce? He's excited people uh, recently, as I'm sure in Galway, with the inclusion of Jim McGuinness uh, involved for some of his hand passing drills. If the video is to be be believed that was circulated through social media this week but in terms of uh, the style of play that he wants to deploy and naming of the team very early as you mentioned Keane what exactly are we going to to find interesting from Joyce's tenure? Well in, in, in January February and the early part of March Galway's style was certainly a, an attacking direct style uh, you had a you had a, a lot of a lot of direct deliveries inside where Robert Finnerty, amongst others, was was well capable of, of of winning possession inside. Paul Conroy, who is named as in in the full forward line again on on Sunday, he has drifted between the inside line and moving further out the field. But definitely, there was a, there was a, there was a, a notable uh, change in approach from Galway compared to to recent years. Obviously. Significant strides were made by Galway in recent years because you only have to cast your mind back to maybe 2013 when Galway were trounced by by Mayo in in Pierce Stadium for 16 to 11 points. I think that same May afternoon, and that was a really really worrying time for Galway. But within within a couple of years, Galway they, they tightened their defence up considerably under Kevin Walsh's stewardship, and that deserves credit too because Galway were drifting at that time and. They, they they have become relevant once more. They still have a, a long way to go, perhaps to be to be really dining at the top table. But the, the style that Park Joyce implemented was a direct style, and as he frequently alludes to himself, the the ball travels further than any man. That Park Joyce often utters that 
before and after games and that's the, the style that the Killerier man has tried to adopt with Galway a direct style where plenty of, of uh, foot, foot deliveries inside to uh, an, an attacking unit that is that is blessed with, with good quality that you, like you have plenty of uh, players that are of a, of a good standard in, in the Galway attack and obviously you have one or two missing this Sunday, but that more or less Queen uh, has been has been style adopted and implemented under Porrick Joyce's watch. What are your thoughts on the introduction or inclusion of former Donegal manager Jim McGuinness? It's uh, one that news talk we're talking about in terms of how he was linked with the the Mayo position before in the past, just before James Horan took it on. Does it seem to be like Porrick Joyce is calling in an old ally from his college days? to try and get one over on the nearest bitter rivals. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Last Sunday when the social media started to whirl with the, with, with the video of the, the session at June Stadium, but Park Joyce spoke openly on, on Monday about the fact that Jim McGuinness took the session and it's, it's, it's unclear really whether at that stage on Monday whether this will be a, a, a long-term uh, partnership, but I'm I'm sure that the the, the way that it, that we were led to believe at, at that press event is, is that it's something that Galway will explore further. And Jim McGuinness, obviously a man with extensive experience and steering Donegal to an All Ireland title in, and also steering them to another All Ireland final a couple of years later. He is he has a huge huge wealth of knowledge in Park Joyce and Jim McGuinness there. Sporting relationship goes back a long way to to the late nineties down in in IT Tralee, as you alluded to there, and so I'm sure it's something that will be worked on in in, in the coming weeks. At the moment it seems to be a somewhat informal role where Jim McGuinness just took that session on Sunday, and Port Joyce and Jim McGuinness and the Galway panel were to discuss matters further. But it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure in the next couple of weeks at Tune Stadium and the following week when Galway hosts Dublin at Pier Stadium. It'll be interesting to see the, the dynamic and if, if Jim McGuinness is there uh, occupying a central role. But for, for now, it seems that it's an informal arrangement, as many club and inter-county teams have, have done in the past and will always continue to do. A new voice is, is often good for, for a team. And, uh, and, and a man with Jim McGuinness's knowledge and his expertise is in addition to any panel, I'm sure. Having had such a successful start of the year before lockdown came, is there fears that perhaps uh, to make comparisons to the Premier League when the project restart kicked in, the likes of Sheffield United who were doing well above and beyond expectations seemed to fall away once play resumed? Is that something that you believe could happen to this Galway side uh, coming into the final two games? Yeah, well, an uncertainty certainly an uncertainty is there, really, uh, Quiveen, because seven has passed since Galway last played in the Allianz Football League, the same as every other, same as every other county. So a lot, a lot changed, and a lot is a lot, a lot differs compared to back then. And at that stage, we're probably coming into a March spell and into looking for, at a Connacht Championship as it as it was initially designed for Galway. We're set to go to. Uh, New York in 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 early May. However, now the the landscape has changed dramatically, and you're looking at a, a very condensed Connacht Championship and condensed uh, All Ireland series. So, obviously, is it, it, the the momentum that Galway had generated, and there's no doubt that there was momentum generated, and there was 
uh, a belief and a, an enthusiasm about Galway football at that time. Or Joyce having won two All Ireland medals with Galway has that sort of prestige, and he'd be a, a really decorated and distinguished figure in 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 Galway. But a lot has a lot has changed, and we do we don't have any form going into into Sunday's game, and that that is a critical thing because it's it's it really hard to gauge at this point in time how the teams will 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 operate. However, there still is. Uh, a hope in Galway that they can that they can make an impact. What are the views of Mayo in Galway? A lot of uh, the national press have been talking about how this is a team on the way out. Uh, many years in the legs, they look unlikely to to repeat some of the feats of the past in Galway. Is this a narrative that's creeping in, or is there genuine fear and trepidation coming up to Sunday's match? I think that in Galway, the respect for Mayo runs deep, and throughout Ireland, I think the respect for Mayo runs deep runs deep that sometimes uh, ages but a number in, in, in many ways and you look at the warriors that are within the the family experience accounts for a lot and you're looking at a you're looking at an altogether different championship here in, in a, a winter championship if you, if, you, if, you, if you want to call it that and the, the experience that those Mayo players have and the fact that Mayo have this as they so often have done deliver when the stakes have been piled seriously high and that that's something that Mayo during the past decade they have set the standard in in the West even in the years in recent years when they haven't maybe sampled Connacht glory as, as often as they would have liked compared to when they were, were winning them easily if the, the Mayo still are the team on the national stage from the West that have delivered and you only have to cast your mind back to last year's All-Ireland semi-final when Mayo had Dublin in some trouble before a, a brilliant Dublin blitz after after the restart that day. So Mayo were far from from gone, and I don't think there's anyone in Galway uh, subscribing to the notion that that Mayo are on the wane or in anything at all like that. Because Mayo have quality, and in the early rounds of the league, they were missing established players. They were missing marquee forwards that I'm sure they will all be back ready for action against Galway and and against Tyrone. Before I let you go, Keen, can you? Offer up any sort of prediction? How do you think it will go? There are so many unknowns, I think, involved in this fixture. But from your own understanding, looking at the two sides, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. It'll be it'll be a strange one to think that Galway are playing Mayo at Tune Stadium with no one there. I can remember an SCD game at the start of last year. Mayo crowd is passionate. They're travelling in huge numbers. And that... That it'll be strange for Mayo to to be playing without a crowd because such such rapport and such emotional connection is forged between the the, the, the Mayo senior football team and, and their their supporters. It's something that Jason Sherlock spoke about interestingly during the week. It'll be interesting to see how Mayo will fare without that support in the ground, but. Perhaps you could look at that both ways. Sometimes it's been a it's been a help. Perhaps it's been a hindrance at other times when mm. that that surge of emotion when they were near getting over the line in all Ireland finals and that 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 that, that the, you could almost sense the the drama in, in Crow Park as uh, they're on the verge of affecting Sam Maguire. But on Sunday's game between Galway and Mayo to call this one Galway with. Affording some emerging players an opportunity, and I'm sure that's a policy that James Horan will adopt 
in the next week or two ahead of ahead of the Connacht Championship. So it's, it's it's very very hard one to call. But Galway and Mayo is always hard to call, and I don't think there's going to be much in it either way.